Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, before we get started, I want to just encourage everybody to go listen to the previous Sunday edition. Once again, it is all about, it is a interview with Peter Tatara, the head of the film program over at the Japan Society. I will not actually be going to see the early Makoto Shinkai stuff that they're putting on on March 17th, that's right, St. Patrick's Day, because I'm going in the evening before for the um, gallery opening that will be taking place there. And, you know, enough train rides are enough kind of thing. But definitely go check out that interview. It is totally worth your time. He is also the founder and progenitor of Anime NYC. We dig into that a lot on that um, in that interview. So definitely go check it out. But now for what I want to talk about this week. And this week on our Sunday edition, I want to revisit what has become a now seven years running tradition. And that is the Anime Awards. Now, Crunchyroll has always put on the has always put put on the Anime Awards. It, it has never been like the helm has never been taken by somebody else. But the thing about award shows is when they first start, it's all fun, it's all laughs, it's all good. At the point at which you're at seven years in, this is the seventh year running you've won that you've run this thing. It should probably look better than the first year. In fact, it should look like miles different and way better than the first year running. And in in positive ways. Eventually, with any kind of award show, and with award shows in general, it's hard to keep the excitement up. Probably one of the best award shows, probably the best award shows, the two best award shows there are, in my estimation, are um, the Grammys and the, and the, and the Game Awards, actually. And the, and they both go about it in two different in two different but similar ways. The Grammys are kind of the best of the mainstream award shows, or like mainstream, like not like award shows that have been around forever, because it's about music and it's all about music culture, and so it's this bi- it's just this big celebration of music and like. Musicians put their shit aside with one another, go get in a room, and go hear each other perform, and you, like, peek in on that. Also, the stuff surrounding the, um, the Grammys is phenomenal. Like, when you're about a month out from the Grammys, or maybe even more than that, probably closer to three months out from the Grammys, the Grammys Instagram account, like, revs up. And you start seeing backstage pictures from the Grammys that you've never seen before. And they ha- like it happens every year and you're always surprised because they always have more pictures because the last Grammys gave them more pictures for this year. And so it gives you this like... It does, this, it does the best thing I think a professional award show can do in that it celebrates that art form and that industry and it brings you 
behind the scenes a little bit. It like it's like oh, this is why everybody loved Janelle Monae. She's fucking everywhere. Or like oh, everybody really does love LL Cool J. That's a little weird, but it's still cool. And that's what makes the Grammys go so well. The thing that makes the Game Awards go so well is... And they do it in a similar way to the Grammys in that the Grammys, it's a lot about the live performance of that are happening at the Grammys. But the Game Awards, they chalk the thing full of premiere. They make it kind of a rival to... Um... E3, and it, it's, it's hosted and it was originally kind of like brought into being in the way it is now by Jeff Keighley, and hilariously the entire industry kind of quietly calls it the Keighleys under, under their breath because it's kind of his show and it's his simultaneous celebration of video games, but also a little bit of a middle finger to E3 <laughs> kind of deal. And it, it happens in that E3 week, so it, it, it's not ignoring the industry's decision to have, like, a whole space of time for that shit. It's very much acknowledging it. And they chalk it full of premieres. And they have... They have kind of, if I would have to guess, influenced the way stuff like the Oscars goes a little, or stuff like uh, like other award shows, in that they took a cue that many award shows have been taking for years from... The Super Bowl, which is in between all the award shit, you give people specialized commercials that will aim, be aimed directly at them. And in the Game Awards case, that's all of their world premieres, all of their exclusives, all of that stuff. And they do have some stage performances, but it's not like you're not going to the Game Awards to watch the Game Awards for the concerts, for, for the music. That's what you would get out of like a MTV Music Awards, a Grammys, a MTV Movie Awards, stuff like that. Or even, to some extent, the Oscar. But you're not watching the Game Awards for the concerts. You're watching the Game Awards for, this, for the announcements that will be made during the Game Awards. And now we get to our to to our award show as as otaku as anime fans the anime awards the seventh annual Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Now, when Crunchyroll first did this, they went to all they went to all the right people. They like got a huge they got a huge platform of like people to vote on it. And this is a key point. They went out and they got the greater community. They got they got the like the cogs of anime fandom who you recognize, like Jeff Sue, you know, the the got Jeff Sue from Mother's Basement, um, you know, Glass Reflection. They got the they got people who were editors for anime for anime news network. They got the They got the anime media industry. And they brought them into the fold and they said, you guys are going to be the panel that votes on what gets voted on. And then to make that even better, they, once that happened, and they did have, there were some issues with this, as there always will be. Once that 
once that panel was assembled, they they opened it up wide to everybody to vote. And this caused a few problems in the fact that it um that it created issues around it created issues around what won because what won was that's the best word for it what won was the most popular thing it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the most revolutionary thing the most sought after thing it wasn't even the best thing it was just the most popular thing and there was a there was a year i forget which year it was but it was one of the early years of the anime awards where it was like the yuri on ice show and it was hilarious because yuri on ice which everybody loved when it came out just dominated like if they couldn't figure if no one could figure out what should win. Yuri and Ice probably won. <laughs> and that created one set of issues. And then you have the kind of growing pains of what it looks like when there's an early, the early stages of an award show. Before it's like, before it's a big industry level thing. When it's just like a little thing and they're giving some statues to some people. And you had, you also had the issue of this is a company doing this. It's not a, it's not, this is a company doing this and they're asking the industry to buy in. It's not the industry doing it for itself or it's not a press organization doing it for itself. So the Golden Globes, and I'm going to talk about a couple of word shows just because that's, that's the realm that, the Crunchyroll Anime Awards is now playing in. It's playing in this realm of, like, award show. It's even on during what they traditionally refer to as award season. Um, and they all, they also, they have weird rules now that feel similar to, like, the Oscar nomination rules. <laughs> but, anyway, the Golden Globes was kind of always a shit show. The Hollywood Foreign Press is, like, apparently the most bought and paid for fucking awards committee in Hollywood, in the world. Like, you can just, like, send them a nice watch and and you might get an Emmy. Like, there have been allegations of that for decades. And it became this kind of rolling shit show, kind of to the point where, like, the Martian that Matt Damon stuck on Mars, like, drama movie... Got nominated for bet. Got nominated for best comedy. Like it, it, it became kind of just like spiraling out of control thing. In the same way, a little bit that the Oscars has become. And everybody talking about the Oscars again because it's just about to be the Oscars again and the last Oscars. A black rapper actor got up out of his seat. Will Smith, and smacked the shit out of a black comedian actor, Chris Rock, just because, basically, because Will Smith lost his shit. <laughs> and that became this, like, 
moment is still a moment. I mean, Chris Rock brought it back to bear in his late in his latest Netflix special, and um, I think it's called Outrage. Um, it was the one that went li- that that he did live on Netflix. That was a fascinating thing to do. Um, but before that, the Oscars were kind of like paced, like the and. There's a certain kind of person who will always go, who will always be interested in seeing a movie if it's Oscar nominated. I, my parents being one, but also like, the Oscars are a weird fucking bunch because they love to be like pandered to. Probably not as as hard as the Hollywood Foreign Press, but like that has led them to making some terrible decisions, to making some terrible nomination decisions, and and giving the award to bad shit. And hilariously, and I've I've written about this professionally in that like I wrote an article and that article made me enough money to like go buy breakfast one morning, which I counted professional. <laughs> Writing about anime on the internet paid something for me. Actually, paid a bunch for me, so I'm not gonna complain about it. But um, the Oscars has always had an issue with its animation department because nobody takes the animation seriously. Generally speaking, they think it's pretty and they think it's nice, but generally what happens is the screener shows up on, in the mail and they give it to their kids and their kids are like, oh, I like Coco, which is a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. It, it's that's not the same level of detail you would apply to like the what the movie what had the flesh and bones humans in it. Um, so, in that way, anime certainly deserves its own awards. It's not going to get the same kind of recognition that other things are because to something like the Hollywood Foreign Press or to something like the, um, like the, like the Academy of Motion Science, of Motion Picture Science, which I think is what the Academy Award body is called. They look at anime as a genre. They don't look at anime as a medium for storytelling. And that's really what, if any, if you're listening to this, you know that anime is a medium. Yes, it has peculiarities and it has quirks. But in at its core, it is animation primarily out of one country. And that country has taken animation in a different direction than... Many other places. And there are other places that have taken it in similar directions. France, China, Korea. Yes. But it's been understood mostly because of the cultural attention paid to art and artistry and pursuing one's craft that this form of art is valuable. And it's been valuable for long enough that now it's of cultural value and it's of cultural importance. So it will always kind of have that value. And you'll be able to have things like... you'll Even out of the same studio, you'll have things like My Neighbor Totoro, which sits alongside something from Studio Ghibli that's on the other end of that spectrum, which is Princess Mononoke. That's just from one studio that's making the choice to tell different stories in this in this medium of storytelling. 
So anime does deserve its own award show. But, like I said, this is not an award show that's put on by, like, a body of people. It's put on by a company. Which means that it functions very differently from, say, uh, from a Oscars or a Golden Globe. Which, while their practices are most likely corrupt, are almost definitely corrupt in many cases... They are not, they make, they are, they don't benefit in any way from the choices they make. In fact, it it behooves them to make better choices because once they choose, once somebody's nominated, they enter into that body, at least for the Academy Awards. I think the Hollywood Foreign Press is a different process. But the... So what you have here is you have a industry awards show put on by the North American industry leader in the streaming space that is kind of to toot their own horn a little bit. Like, yes, it is to celebrate the the craft of anime and the, like, achievements anime's had in that year, but it also... It's still all branded with the Crunchyroll orange. Crunchyroll's logo is all over the damn thing. It streams on their website. It streams on their streaming channels. Like, it. it's made by them for them in a lot of ways. And previously, they've been, they've been, it's been very... Because, because it started small and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger over the past seven years... It has been a, it's been a journey. We've had everything from like, this thing is kind of clumsy, to this venue is kind of weird, to look at, to look at, to like, we're play we couldn't get the right to Cowboy Bebop music, but that's, but that's a, but that's a classic we can play, so we've got a jazz band to cover it. To now. And in terms of the way the award show presented, this nailed it. This is a real award this is a real award show now. It's no longer like three hundred folding chairs. <laughs> it's no longer like the award shows that don't get televised. It is like a televised traditional award show, like an Oscars, like a Grammys, like like those award shows, like an award show you would watch. It has the issue of award shows. They're mitigating kind of in the same way, but they're making weird-ass choices. Of Award shows are basically a big, a basically consecutive list of people who you may or may not care about. Wrapped up in one big list of, look at the shiny statue, this goes to this person, this goes to that person. Many award shows at this point to make the award ceremony smaller so they can pump more other stuff into their into that like hours long telecast. In this case, this award show was three hours long. I did not watch all of it. I could not make it through it. Um, they hand some of the awards out before the show just to like get them out of the way. Like be, like small generally smaller awards or more technical awards get handed out off stage. And even more than that, 
the red carpet stuff, the red carpet awards handing, is just like stuff that they want to note. It's not even all the awards. Other awards are listed on stage that you don't see presented. And that happened a little bit with this. The great, the great thing, so I want to start with the good things about this. First off, the presentation of it was spot on. Like, it, it's finally in a ballroom. It's like, it looks like an award show. It is, it is not, a, it is not this weird fandom built compromise anymore. It is, it is, this is where they're using the fucking Sony money, Crunchyroll. Like, I will say, I think it was a bit odd for them to put, and I get why they did, and I totally get why Sony would insist on this, because fucking, of course they would. It was a bit odd to me that they put it on in Japan. And there's a big reason for that. The big reason for it is, is that, yes, Crunchyroll, the corporate, is under the Sony umbrella now. But Crunchyroll is an American company. And they've held this show for seven years running, kind of in California. And they and that gave them one great advantage, which I didn't see much of in the period of time that I watched. But I could have been I could be wrong. And that is that they had access to all of the influencers, all of the fandom figures, the Jeff Sue, the Glass Reflection, um, the. That that would even if they didn't live in LA, they could have flown into LA specifically for this show and like put them up for a couple nights, and they'd be more than happy. Like like you get a giga, you get a um, you get any any of the trash taste gentlemen as presenters as just there at the show. And what that does, what that functionally does, is it gets everybody out of their fucking holes. And it puts them all in the same place together. And it has the same effect that something like the Grammys or, once again, the Oscars. Or even, like, the SAG Awards do. In that, like, the anime equivalents, influencer equivalents of, you know, Margot Robbie and of, like, Gallagher are in the same, which is so on the two different fucking sides of the universe, are in the same room and just, like, end up having a conversation. That is good for the in, for the first order of the industry and g- good for the second order of the industry and all the way down the chain. By doing this in Japan, by doing it in a different fucking country, that calculus has changed. And by... From what I could tell, it being largely taken over by a Japanese team, that vibe has changed. At least for the section I watched, they didn't have many like influencers of YouTube channels that American fans, the people who built up Crunchyroll to the point where it got purchased by AT&T and then there was a debacle and then it got purchased by Sun- by Sony... The people who helped do that, who helped make Crunchyroll that thing, were not there. Were not presenters. Were not represented very well. They had a Japanese. They had Japanese YouTuber, a very, very beautiful man of a Japanese YouTuber. They had 
Japanese talent they and the closest thing you got were to American football players. And now here's the really weird thing. And I I don't what I've just mentioned is one reason why I think it should have happened in LA and not Japan. But what I'm about to mention is the real reason. So this like this it's a big deal that like the anime awards are now in Japan and all this stuff. But they're gonna have to do a better job with the translation. And and I I know translation is hard, I know it's expensive, and I know the Crunchyroll especially has a habit of not paying for translation, which is fucked up considering that that's most that's one of the products they offer. Um but The translator was slow, they were inaccurate, and they missed things. Straight up missed things. Like, straight, straight up. Don't even, you don't need to know what was being said in Japanese to know that you weren't getting all of it in English. I'm not saying, like, they need to, like, translate with personality or something like that. But I am saying there is a whole industry of people who do this. You have Sony money. You're clearly spending Sony money to, like, put on this big deal thing. This is the time when you say, hey, we need to go hire the the Japanese to English translator for the UN to do this. Because that's how important it is. And we, we need to hire a male translator. We need to hire a female translator. And we need to play that. And we need to make it so when one person is talking, you understand that person. And the other person is talking, you understand the other person. It's not a jumble of the same person barely getting through the words. If, if even getting through the words. Before they're cut off by music and the next thing that needs to happen. Also... And I know this is hard. I, I, know, I know that none of what I'm saying is simple at all. But you need to have half a brain in your skull. And that is... And that's not around the, 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 the dubbing of... The dub translation of this, which was horrendous. Un, almost unwatchable. Unwatchable by many standards. But what you need to do is you need to have a brain in your skull on what needs to be translated, and what can be left. Because so much, so many of the awards, since they were originally conceived of in English, are Japanese loan words. You listen to them and you're like, you said the same thing twice, only one, one time sounded cooler. Why don't, we, why don't we just leave the words on the screen and have the announcer say it in Japanese and be done with it? Those two, like, fixing the whole language issue of it would do miracles. Would do, would make this thing watchable. Would make this thing tolerable. And then, and this is the last thing, this is the thing that, like, blew me away. This was the thing where I'm like, I think I need to stop. Music performances are usually, in award shows, 
are usually around based around the people who are nominated for some big award. Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Soundtrack, something like that. The thing performed at any concert at a award show need to be A, a banger, and B, an absolute drop-dead showstopper. It needs to be the biggest thing you can figure out how to put on stage with the constraints of this thing also needs, the property this is from also needs to be nominated for, for a or the big award. My, if I remember correctly, um, Attack on Titan was nominated for Anime of the Year. It didn't win. Um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners won. But they performed a song from Attack on Titan. It was a DJ set. As much as I love music, as much as I, as the music that they ran from that they that they ha- that they had performed was cool it was not what you do from this thing you don't go out and pay somebody to run a dj set in front of a bunch of people eating dinner what the fuck is this a wedding what you do is you go and you get the band that performs the rumbling and you give them a big budget and they put on a banger of a show and then you cut in at the end of the song and saying that was I forget the name of the band that does the things the rumbling and that was blah 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 performing the rumbling the opening song to the final season of Attack on Titan nominated for best score or nominated for best nominated for best opening sequence. There you go. That is that's perfect. The other thing is openings and endings. And I, I'm on a music kick right now, so I promise I'll get through it. <laughs> the other thing about this is is that of the awards they gave out before the awards show were openings and endings. Opening sequence, I think, was given before they got to the stage. Before this, before the stage awards. Opening, anime openings and anime endings are such a big fucking deal. They're like, people, I've made playlists of them that people listen to. It's a big deal. Don't, you need to have a better barometer for what awards will be popular, especially if you're going to allow a public voting process for like a month or two beforehand. I mean, like I voted for this thing like months ago or something. And that awareness clearly wasn't there. All of these, all of these things, some big, some little, some missteps that they'll correct, some other things that they won't correct. Are, are problems. 
and I want to talk about one more because it 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 it, it, stick, it stuck with me, and it I, like I thought I saw it then, and I think it now. You had an opportunity here to go to to go to, and I understand the dubbing industry is small, very small. You had an opportunity to go to all of the dubbed actors who you employ and say, do you want to host? To go to tons of Japanese dub actors or actresses and say, do you want to host? This is a big deal. This is an industry, this is an industry standard setting thing and you would be the host. And it should be people that like dumbasses who don't pay attention to dubs to dub credits like me recognize. It should be like retired. It should be like Aya Hirano, like retired actresses who are deeply famous, or like standing next to Christopher Sabat. Like it should be. You should you should cash in your chips in that moment and say like we will pay you your hourly rate to do this. And a that would inject some that would inject like fandom awareness into it, but it would also make it big and glitzy and glamorous without it feeling like a company affair, which is a little what it felt like. You know, Tim Liu, who I'm. Well, I can't, I can't get into for whatever reason. Uh, Tim Liu and some other social media manager for Crunchyroll, who I didn't recognize, were the, were kind of the, were the pre, were the red carpet hosts. And then you drop in on some lady who speaks Japanese, who I really don't recognize. And I'm the audience you guys started this for. I'm, like, the kind of people who you used to want to have on your committee. And now it's this big corporate thing where, yes, it's all honoring anime and it's great, but also, like, you gotta give 15 minutes to the president of Sony at the beginning. Like, yeah. And, like, yes, he said kind words about the industry and, like, they're a big player. But you got, like, they got it's been seven years now and this, and this award show has never gone right. It has never been a, it has never been a phenomenal event. And I think I kind of know why. It's going to sound odd and it's going to be odd. There are all kinds of award shows. Award season is like a season unto itself, and there's all kinds of awards that get given out every year in like that award season time frame. Not all of them. In fact, most of them are not televised. Like there's like the annual plumbing awards or something in May. Who knows? But I want to talk about one in particular that was televised, I think, for like one year and they couldn't figure out how to make it work, so they just didn't do it. And it's hilarious they couldn't figure out how to make it work. And it was the Annies. If you don't know what the Annies are, the Annies are the annual awards for the advertising industry. Like, if you win an Annie, you're a big fucking deal. And, like, people win Annies, but also agencies win Annies. 
And they throw a big fucking party. And they televised, they televised it one year because it was in the days of Mad Men. So, like, there was an opportunity to, like, make this a televised thing to, like, cash in on the popularity of Ad Men and, like, show off and, and show their industry off as they love to do as somebody who was part of the art director club for many, many years. Um, and who worked in that industry for many, many years. Uh, I was an ad man for a not insignificant amount of time. But it just didn't work. And as soon as it didn't work, they kind of cut it off at the knees and were like, well, that's the only one we're televising. Sorry, it didn't, like, we didn't do the viewer numbers that we, that we even hoped that we even hoped on the low end we would get. So we don't want to waste everybody's time and we don't want to waste the money for this for this slot buy next year. But when you watched it, it looked like an award show. It like had all the trappings. It just wasn't something people were prepared for. All of the award shows are like that. The the Golden Globes now isn't televised, I don't believe anymore, because it was such a shit it got to be such a problem. And was so scandalous and a, an issue. So, it, so as soon as it wasn't televised, it was like really low-key. People got their awards and it meant something for their career and they moved on. The Oscars had a period where it wasn't televised. The, and it has changed since it started being televised in small and big ways. The the SAG Awards are like, you don't watch. The Razzies happen every year. The worst movie awards. Can't watch them. There's all these award shows that happen that have gone on and off television, have been televised and not. And what that allows them to do is that allows them to iron out the kinks when nobody's looking, when it's not important. And the reason they can do that is because they don't view, like these award shows uh, do function as publicity things and are and do change people's career when they like when you when you win an Oscar you are now an Oscar award winning actor it's a big deal still for your career and like your entire life it, it, even if you're like a I I know weatherman who has won an Emmy for his news broadcast weather section for his like weather reports it's a big deal <laughs> because the award becomes the thing that validates you as a professional what I what I do for a living has awards and we've won awards and it's a big deal it's a, it's a big deal when we when we go down a level in awards the following year kind of thing This award ceremony is like, yes, it is the fans saying that, like, they thought this was the best thing in this category. That's great. That's fantastic. But it is also this weird publicity stunt. And the way you know it's a weird publicity stunt is that they didn't throw it for three years before they televised it. As soon as they put it on. They put it on YouTube. They put it on streaming. As soon as it, it existed, it existed in a form where other people could watch it. And what that means is 
they didn't, they haven't had time to iron the kinks out without anybody noticing so they can prevent a kind of fully formed product. And yes, this had, the anime awards have had, has, have had a huge injection of cash in the form of Sony. I mean, that's, that's absolutely clear. It's not... It's not there yet. And, and the... The visual rep, the visuals of it are kind of nailed down at this point. Like they, they had it in a big old ballroom. It looks like an awards ceremony. It looks like it looks kind of like the Golden Globes. But now they need to like pay attention to the other stuff. Like they they need to realize like oh, they need to do a dry run, and realize oh you're not keeping up with the Japanese presenters. I'm sorry, we'll pay you for the day. But we need somebody else. And then they need to call up the chain and say, we need a real translator. This isn't it. And we need two of them to make this work. Male, female, let's go. And then you need to take a hard look at like what's crowd-pleasing, what's not. That determines what awards get presented on stage. That determines... What performances happen. That determines what segments get created. Like. Trigger is a fan favorite. Studio. Like you could have like a check in. With a trigger. With a trigger. With like. With Imaishi or something. You could have a. You. The thing. That the Grammys. Understands. That not, that not even the Oscars truly understands, but the Grammys does, is that the Grammys is a unique, is a unique thing, and that it is corralling the music industry for a single night, and that presents really incredible opportunities to like do shit, to like, to like to to interview people to. Like, just walk up to somebody and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And, and, they'll, and they'll say something. Like, to walk up to, like, to walk up to 50 Cent and be like, whatever happened to vitamin water? And he says it, and he'll say it something. And, like, a, an answer will be given in some way. It just doesn't feel like that. It feels like they're going through the motions and they have and they either they're hitting the wall and they can't figure out what to do or they don't realize that they're hitting the wall and stuff needs to change and they can't figure it out and like I said I I am all for the anime awards being a thing I think it's really important that they're a thing because I think that on a larger level, animation as a medium of storytelling is not taken seriously in a way it should be. And uh, I'm not even talking about, like... I'm not talking about Ranking of Kings. I'm not talking about Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. I'm not talking about Spy X Family. I'm not talking about Hunter Hunter. Like, I'm talking about Tom and Jerry. I'm talking about The Secret of Kells. I'm talking about even something like Up. 
I'm talking about all of the amazing short animation that Disney had done has had done for years to go in front of the Pixar movies, and they're beautiful little moments of storytelling. And the only reason, but the only reason why Disney keeps winning, as opposed to something like The Secret of Kells or uh, Your Name or A Silent Voice, is because it has name recognition and industry-specific and medium-specific. Awards for art began to explore the whole worst of that art form. You know, it's... And, yes, there's a lot of, like, Shonen nominated, and, like, yes, there's Jujutsu Kaisen next to Demon Slayer, next to fucking Attack on Titan. Yes, all that stuff is true. But there's also, like, this is one of the few times when some, when the question of does Cyberpunk, Attack on Titan, and Ranking of Kings all sit on the same level, truly? Or what, out of the three of those, what did the entire anime community think it's the best? Cyberpunk took it by a mile. But I'll bet the ranking of kings kicks Attack on Titan's ass something fierce. Like, there's value in thinking about that and there's value in having the community express a preference because it will form what comes out next. Uh, Spy X Family is so popular that a mangaka conceived of Buddy Daddies. (laughs) It's essentially, like, it's a little bit of a Spy X family with the serial numbers shaved off. It's, uh, at its core, it's a different thing, and it's doing a different thing, but it's similar. And that's why these things are important, and I just think that, like... There needs to be second, third, and fourth, and fifth, and sixth, and tenth passes over all the details of this stuff, because... It is being televised, and it is, and like, if you want it to be taken seriously, you can't have the translator fucking up mid-sentence. You can't have a break and an um, and then they ran out of time. You can't have your your first music set be a bat, be a kind of okay DJ performance with some anime pictures in the background. Like, you've got to nail it every time, and. It's going to sound weird. But you know what it looks like when you nail it. And like all of these all of these award shows know what it looks like when you absolutely when it absolutely owns. For the Oscars, it looks like something spontaneous and incredible happening. It's also terrible and almost resulted in an assault charge. Of Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock on stage for real. Nobody goddamn business. For you know, music performance for for the 
not so much for the Grammys, although sometimes for the Grammys, but for the MTV Music Awards, they used to pull off the most insane mashups of artists you've ever seen in your life. And they used to do that by leveraging, like, those artists' real lives. Like, they used to... Probably one of the more famous ones is... There's an MTV Movie Awards... Um, there's an MTV Movie Awards... Uh, Music Awards performance. That is Eminem and Elton John. Which is wild, considering... How much of a pariah Eminem can be in his own, in rap, and how homophobic the rap industry is. And then years later, I found out like, oh, Elton John is Eminem's sponsor in AA, like that. And they just like, they, and they were probably just like, who's the weirdest person you could possibly perform with them? And that, and Marshall Mathers was just like, I, I think I know, I think I know the answer to this. And I'll give him a crystal butt plug at the end, afterwards, as a thank you gift. You know, like, the reality that most, that most of the, that none of the performers at the Super Bowl halftime show get paid. Like, Rihanna is not paid to do that. I'm sure the backup dancers are and the people who work on it are. But, like, she does not make a paycheck from that. It's done off of pure prestige. You could do something like that. You could do things like that for an industry level award show that's watched by ton that's watched by fans because fan because you already got them invested in it because you had them vote on it for months beforehand. And I, ju- I just want it to be better. I just want it. I'm not saying that it will ever be great because the answer of can award shows be phen- phenomenal? It's still a standing question, honestly. Like, it's still... It, I never make it through the Oscars every year. I, I watch sometimes, but I don't ever really make it through it. I... But... This could be better. It could be... It could feel... It could feel less slapdash. It could feel more set in stone and it could feel more exciting and less it could feel more exciting more professional and connected to the fandom from which it came and less corporate oopsie feeling and those are my thoughts on the anime awards if you like this podcast New episodes of the podcast come out every Thursday and every other Sunday. Sunday editions are more like this. They're more industry, more meta-textual, more fandom-focused. Thursday editions are the more standard thing. They come out every week. And they are more about a single show or a property in a rare move. Last Thursday edition was actually all about the... One episode that dropped on the 29th of attack of the 29th episode of Attack on Titan, and my whole thoughts around that. So go check that out in the feed right below this one in wherever you're using to listen to your podcast. And I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. I will talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>